and welcome to Too Many Movies, the podcast where we discuss DVDs, Blu-rays, and even the occasional VHS tape. I am your host, Hal, and with me here today is returning for his second appearance on the podcast, John. It's you. You're back. Hi. Hi. I made it. I found my way in. You can't keep me out forever, you see. I, I was I was I locked the door. I had all the bolts locked, and you still got in. Yeah, I'm I'm good at that. I'm sure you are. <laughs> oh well, welcome back, John. Hi. Glad glad you're here for your own episode, and William's not here. Um, because I did I did want to talk to you about movies. I feel like uh you have a lot to say about certain movies, and there's also a ton of movies I want you to see. So this is the perfect podcast for that. Absolutely. Cause I'm like, I'm a weird kind of film person where like, I love movies. I love to make them and all that stuff. I kind of haven't seen that many. <laughs> yeah. And me, I've seen a lot. So we're, we're, we're the yin and the yang, if you will. Yeah. We're, 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 we're really dueling each other. Hey, speaking of dueling, <laughs> uh, John, you wanted to talk about the movie duel today, please. Uh, yeah. In- introduce duel to listeners out there who don't know what the hell we're talking about. Okay. So duel is from 1971. It was originally a made for TV movie that wound up getting released theatrically. And it's it's kind of special because um it was the first major directorial outing of this kind of obscure guy. I don't know if you've ever really heard of him called Steven Spielberg. Uh no. Who, yeah. Who's that? I don't know, man, but this, uh, this was the stupid. first thing he did. <laughs> this, this, was, this was like the first big thing that Spielberg got to direct. Um, Prior to Duel, I mean, he had done like his own stuff like when he was like a kid, basically. And he had directed a few episodes of some TV shows. But this was the first like movie that he got to do. And it was a TV movie, but it was it was his first um. It it was his first real film, basically, and uh, yeah, it's all it's this very tense story. It's a very simple premise about uh, a truck driver terrorizing a man out in the desert, and that sounds like you know, oh great, how are you gonna stretch that into a movie? But believe you me, Mister Stevie Boy, he stretches it out into one one heckin' movie. Yeah, totally. So I had never seen it prior to you uh, recommending it for the podcast, obviously. I do know my fair share of uh, Spielberg movies. Um, I can't really say he's one of my top favorite directors, but the movies that I do like from him, I do really like. Like Jaws, Indiana Jones, Jurassic Park. Like Those are absolutely some of my favorite movies of all time. Um, he does have his fair share of bad movies that I've seen. I don't know if you've ever seen Ready Player One. I have not. I I I was just not interested at all. It's like it's getting a lot of hate, and I don't. I'm not super intrigued by the concept. So whatever. Good. Uh, never do. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it is bad. Uh, but that's a whole other can of worms that we don't have to go into. Yeah. So, but I had always heard of Duel, um, you know, cuz everybody says like, oh, it's his first movie ever made. And it's like, oh, that's interesting. So, I didn't know what to expect with this movie, but 
now that I've seen it, I've seen it twice technically now. Yes. I liked it. Uh Good. quite a quite a bit. I I don't know how controversial this is. I think I like the TV cut more than I like the theatrical cut. Yeah. Uh explain. Like what's what's the general consensus on the TV cut versus the theatrical cut? Right. Well, so just to establish, you've seen it twice because it was a TV movie originally and it was 70 minutes. They wanted to, mm-hmm. to release it theatrically. I believe the first theatrical release was overseas, and they had some weird law, like your movie has to be 90 minutes to be a theatrical release. So they had to go mm-hmm. back and shoot more scenes to make the movie longer. Um, the general consensus is a little hard to say. I, I would say... I think most people would prefer the theatrical version just simply because that's what's out there like that's what's on dvd Mm -hmm. and on blu-ray the tv version has like never really been officially released on like home media the copy i sent you is you know taped off a tv from some many years ago but right you know personally you know from film enthusiasts one to another i also prefer the tv cut um Mm -hmm. because i think i think this movie is all about the pacing. It's all about yes. that continuous, you know, upward increase in, in the tension and everything. And I just think there are some aspects of the theatrical version that work with that. And there's some that really, really drag it down. Exactly. And yeah, I'm, curious, totally. I'm curious to hear what what specifically makes you prefer the TV version. Uh, well, like you said, the pacing, like I, I think, so I did watch, so I watched the TV cut that you provided the theatrical cut that you provided. And I even watched the behind the scenes, uh, video with, uh, Steven Spielberg that you also provided, uh, that you showed me. Um, and I definitely, I I think I got the sense that like the TV cut, um, was definitely just paced better. I mean, because it was intended for TV. And also, it's based off of a short story. Am I correct? And yes, that? yes, it was based off of a short story that Richard Matheson uh, published in Playboy. Right. So, like, it's a short story. So, adapting that for movie length is very difficult. I I've talked about a movie on here, you know, off the top of my head that I can remember that was also based off of a short story, a movie called The Black Phone. And you can tell in the movie version that, yes, this is based off of a short story just by how much they're just stretching out this concept here. Whereas I feel like because, you know, the original plan was, hey, we're taking this short story. We got to stretch it out into a TV version. We're going to make it TV length. That's why, like, I think I prefer that because it's just like, okay, this was your intended purpose. And because of that, it is a lot better. Whereas, like, with the theatrical cut, I didn't hate any additions to it, but I failed to see the how they improved upon the movie. So, like, you know, there's the opening where, like, you see from the, from the por- pers- first person perspective of the car of, like, you know, driving through these highways and these neighborhoods, and then he's in, on the desert highway that we know from the original cut. And it's like, okay, yeah, that was neat because, you know, you're watching uh, you're, you're watching it from the perspective of this car. You're seeing where he's coming from. But then it's like, uh, did I need to see that? No. Like, 
did I need to see him call his wife? No. Did I need to see the scene of him saving that school bus full of children? Not really, because it went on for 10 fucking minutes. So I'm like, <laughs> I, I know where it's going afterwards, after yeah. the but the school full of, school bus full of children. I know he's going to be continued to be pursued by this truck driver. So, like, what is this adding to the story? Like, not really anything. I can't say it's awful. It's not like it's bringing the movie down considerably. It's just more. And it's like, yeah. okay, yeah, more is not necessarily good, you know? It's not necessarily bad, but it's not necessarily good. Yes. Um, and I, I think in a lot of other ways that can apply. It's, it's, it's tricky. Um, f- for me, it's the school bus scene that, that really ruins the pacing because mm-hmm. it it's it's just it, 10 minutes it's so long it goes like, yeah it almost it's it's obviously not but it almost feels improvised because like the bus driver and david Mann, they like they say the same things to each other over and over again and it's like i i it just feels weird and also it feels very weird to see the the truck driver you know be nice and helpful to other people when you contrast that with the snake orama scene he is absolutely willing to damage the property of other people and possibly kill other people to get david right. man and he's gonna he's gonna you know help this school bus of children to just to look good like i it's it doesn't it, it's like it could add a dimension to his character but it's not it's not explored enough and it's just this one mm-hmm. weird little slice um some of the other scenes i th- i I am torn about the opening. I think mm-hmm. it, it works well with and without it. I just think with it, it's like you see him coming from dense society and going out into the desert. So, like, you know, you you feel you are becoming isolated as he is. Where in the TV version, it's just kind of, oh, he's in the desert, on the road. You know, it's it's implied how alone he is, but you don't you don't maybe feel it as much. Um I, I mean, guess- you you kind of do because well, in the original the- in the original TV cut, it's just him on the road because yeah. well, that's where it's, that's where the movie takes place. Like we don't need anything extra. Like right, and that's where it's going to take place for like the majority of the film. Like you have this stretch of road, and that's it. Like I kind of prefer that. Like just it's it's essentially a bottle movie, which is like you're in one location, but yeah. the one location is this stretch of road, which can have multiple locations to it so it's very clever in that sense so i'm okay with that if it's just the big road any other you know uh detours into anything else will would just seem unnecessary and it would kind of it would ruin the pacing honestly so i'm okay with it like you know like i said i'm okay with those little locations like like the rattlesnake place like the diner like stuff like that yeah but you know that's because they're part of the road yeah, I, you know, like I said, I can go either way with it. Um, the the TV version also, I noticed this most recent time. It has it has a couple things that the theatrical version doesn't. Like they, there are sometimes like when David Mann first encounters, uh, the tanker truck, he has like like internal monologue that we're hearing, and that's not in mm-hmm. the theatrical version. And I actually prefer it without that. Like with mm. with the internal monologue, it feels it feels a little too corny. Like we're being fed a little bit too much. 
It feels more yes. more immersive without it, honestly. Yes. Yeah, you're you're uh banking on the performance of the actor rather than, you know, yes. outright saying what he's thinking. Yeah, and I mean Dennis Weaver, oh my god, what you could like Spielberg said it best. You you could not you could not have anyone else play that role. He did it perfectly. Yeah. Yeah, no, he was great. He was great at um, being this like asshole driver and then just like this crazy <laughs> this crazy person it's like yeah totally. yeah well he he's not he's not crazy he's like you know well he, he's driven to being crazy yeah like well, driven haha ha, 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 ha. yeah now let's also not ignore the other main character of the movie the mm. tr- the truck because we'll the, see it's yeah the, the truck is more so the character yeah totally like that I loved how you uh so in that documentary you sent me like I loved the way that uh Spielberg was explaining like how he you know quote unquote hired the truck he's yes. he's like treating he's like treating the truck like it's an actor and it's like yeah totally like because it is a character the truck is the antagonist not the truck driver I like that they don't show the truck driver throughout the whole movie mm-hmm. yeah it's it's it, it's this certain thing that it taps into that there are some other movies that tap into too because i this is a random tangent but i discovered duel going down one of those rabbit holes on youtube where you find like one obscure movie that's just up in its entirety for free and then all of a sudden your recommendation is filled with a bunch of free obscure movies um yeah there's 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 some gems on youtube yeah there's another movie that i saw it's like a it's about this like serial child abductor that goes around in his car and you never you never see him either and it's like mm. it makes it so much more terrifying um yeah and i mean you know if you're me you know which shots to look at in duel to say ah there's the truck driver you can see him clear as day yeah but like you know if you're if you're not looking for that the truck itself really is this character and it, and it has this this horrible you know growling diesel engine sound to it and it's it just it looks mean you know yeah i think they did a good job at hiding the uh truck driver for the most part like yeah there are the occasional scenes where you see there's a truck driver in there but like you never see his face like i think for what they did like they did a good job like yeah at hiding his identity like and i like that you do see the arm to show that this isn't like a supernatural movie like there is someone genuinely behind the wheel but you just don't know who this person is i mean you can easily figure it out by the way that they drive like that's their uh (laughs) biggest hint to their personality is their way of driving i remember uh spielberg was explaining in that documentary like he described like all the uh license plates on the front as like kind of like uh as like badges of like the people that this truck driver's like driven off the road and like he's stolen their license plates and put them on the truck is kind of like a as like a marking like the marking of a serial killer being like these are all the people i've killed and it's (laughs) like yeah that's a neat way of put of putting it i didn't immediately go to that and now that i'm saying it out loud it's like how come the police didn't find these like missing license plates <laughs> on this truck? Like, hmm, suspicious. Yeah, I mean, I mean that that is a real thing that truck drivers would do. I think because like they were like registered in like multiple states for tax reasons or something like that. But you know, if if you push that away and conceptualize it as like that's that's his streak of victims, it I don't yeah. know. 
It, it, it might have been no. more of, of a device for him to get into the character of the driver, but it's still it's still effective, I think. Yeah, no, I think it's a really neat idea. I'm just being a little asshole and pointing that out. <laughs> like, um, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I know. I mean, yeah, it, there's there's plenty of things about Duel that don't quite make sense, but it's uh, it's it's wonderful, and I I think just the the way I, I, no, so it was it was um, oh, was it? It was movie of the week. I forget which network it was, but it was it was one of those things where like they would show, you know. This, yeah, it was this, like ABC uh, or something. Yeah, I, don't remember. I forget if it, if it was ABC or NBC or something. It might have been NBC actually. Um, because, one of the big networks that yeah. don't matter anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it was NBC because this film is Universal. Um, yeah. But, okay. But, uh, yeah, it would be. But um, you know, I have not seen any of the other movies that fell under the the movie of the week. You know, programming. But Duel, Duel is so well shot, and he, he talked. Spielberg talks about how they wanted him to shoot it indoors on a stage with, mm-hmm. with rear projection. And he's like, "No, it's gonna look terrible. We have to go out in the desert and shoot it." And it's like, it's it's just it's just incredible. It's like so so many things about Duel. Duel is like not the flashiest movie. It's not a spectacle. No. It's a very subtle, unsuspecting film. But when you look at it, there's so it's like it's so well executed for what it is. And it is it's oh very God, simple. Yeah. It's a first outing, but it's just so well done. There were several shots that they got that like did kind of freak me out. Like there's this it's hard to explain, but like there's this one shot of the truck like driving down a hill. It's going like unbelievably fast. And it looked terrifying because like when you <laughs> see something that huge going that like fast it's terrifying like yeah i've i drive on the highway a lot because that's my job and i see trucks all the time and holy shit like when something that big was if it was going that fast on the highway i'd be like terrified to be on the same highway it's 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 mortifying seeing something that big because you know like if something like bad happened like it would just go everywhere or like it's freaking heavy so like you know like it would it would hurt. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. oh god! Like and also, the, just, like just as, the way it like zooms across. I think it like got airborne one second, which is terrifying. Oh, maybe. Um, and even like as a as an appreciator of the film and kind of a, a truck buff, it's even more impressive because that particular truck was hell on earth to drive. Like no mm. no power steering. It's got. I think it has a complicated clutch system like it, it was it was a bear to drive one of the yeah like there's there there is a dual truck that still exists it's not one that was actually in the movie it was like the backup for the reshoot or something but that that truck is is you can see videos of being driven it is a it one of the hardest trucks to drive on earth and that that stunt driver carrie lofton was was just ripping around corners with it and it's yeah it's it's <laughs> it's even more impressive knowing that like no yeah that was that was hugely skillful it's just it's just amazing yeah totally the stunt driving especially like yeah i could never <laughs> no oh no i could i could never it's uh i i don't know man it's just it's one of those movies like you know if, if you if put a big truck in a movie i'm probably gonna like it but there's something about about duel with that truck and and that story it's like it's just perfect and it's an iconic looking truck like it has a personality to it like if yeah. you were to tell me like the truck from duel it's like yeah i know exactly what it looks like you instantly know absolutely 
Um, I guess uh, one other thing I wanted to talk about, like one of the last things I want to talk about for me personally, uh, is like the ending shot of like the way that the truck falls down the cliff. Like, yeah. holy crap, like beautifully executed. And again, going back to that documentary you sent me, you know, Spielberg is describing it. He actually puts in like a dinosaur roar at the at at the end, like as it's like falling over, and it's just like, oh yeah, like it does sound like a dinosaur roar, but you can interpret it as like you know the metal clanking, and also just the fact that it's this giant behemoth going down, like it it's very beastly. Like it's a great uh, it's a great bit of sound design for that for that moment. Absolutely, and actually, one thing I want to comment onto that: there's an aspect of Duel that I didn't send you, and that is that the DVD, and I'm guessing the Blu-ray. I don't have the Blu-ray because they they cropped it. Blech. But mm. but the, oh. but the DVD it defaults to a 5.1 soundtrack. Now they they did not go in and like you know mess with the original sound to make it 5.1. They layered in a bunch of new sounds. And they're mm. they're all sounds from like the '90s and early 2000s, and they sound crystal clear compared to the dialogue. And they're just it it doesn't feel it doesn't feel crafted. It just feels like a bunch of like oh you know tires squealing and and rocks sounds like just just slapped onto the picture. And 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 in a lot of cases they totally muted the original sound when the truck goes over the cliff. They replaced it all with those same generic crash sounds from the 90s that you've heard in cartoons and movies a million times. And I was I'm like, assuming it's like the same ones from like Thomas or something yeah, like that. Yeah, li- literally some of the same ones. And it's like, wow, oh. what what a way to to just ruin it. So I I sent and- I sent you the original mono 71 mix because like it's like how 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 can you look at this thing and think you're improving it by removing a lot of that? Well, that's the thing is like um, it, it, he even says in that documentary, like you know, years later when he made Jaws and he when he exploded the shark, like <laughs> that, like in that scene, he puts in the same like dinosaur sound effect when it's like you know sinking to the bottom, and he said like, oh, when you see the shark fin uh emerge from like the cloud of blood underwater like it's it makes the exact same sound as the uh the truck makes when like you know the tanker emerges from like the cloud of dust it's like holy shit like that's like so so many parallels with jaws man it's like holy crap like this guy is actually putting an effort to make his movie his own it's like he was doing this even way back in 71 like that like I like I said like I said earlier that like I wouldn't really say Spielberg is one of my favorites but it's like it's things like that that do make me really respect him as a filmmaker. Yeah. Like that's dedication. Like that's brilliant. And yeah, the fact that you've told me the DVD apparently just to- completely freaking neuters that like yeah. What's the point? What's the point then? Good lord. I I don't know. I I really I really hate that. It's like it's like my, my my feeling is like if the original elements exist, like if you, if you have the original tapes for the movie with like the different layers of sound effects, okay, take that and make that five point one. If you have to supplement it with modern recordings, just stop. Don't just just keep it yeah. mono. Cause, Cause like you're, it, it it would be one thing if they just layered it on top. The fact that they removed completely a lot of the original sound is it's just it's like it's like you know 
I, ugh, it's like it's special edition crap. I don't want that. Exactly. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. The special edition of Star Wars. Like, uh, it it's it's more than just that. Like we we always uh, attribute the Star Wars movies for like you know really being butchered through those special editions. But like you know it's little things like these that like really piss me off too. Yeah. Like the fact that you're just gonna like like both blu-ray and dv like cropping on the blu-ray yeah. are you serious they, 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 oh cropped my it, God. they cropped it down to be like because the original is in four by three because it was meant for television yes. and they cropped it to 16 by nine and like if i don't know if you remember like back in like the early 2000s if you would get a dvd they would actually like give you the option to watch it like cropped to four three or in the original yeah they don't i give, remember they, they don't give you that option with this they 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 crop they crop it to 16 by 9 permanently they give you the 5.1 mix and they're like look we improved it no no you didn't this is this is basic shit like yeah. for for crying yeah. out loud give me the yeah. option like if you're gonna edit it fine i like most people won't care like yeah when i was a kid and i see like full screen versus widescreen i didn't understand what the fuck that meant i didn't but, like, either now that I'm older, it's like, yeah, give me widescreen every time. Like, I don't want your full screen bullshit. Give me widescreen. Give give, yeah. well, give I mean, me the black bars. I don't care that yeah. there's black bars. I don't care if, like, the fucking image is, like, shrunken down on my 4x3 TV and with the with the bars on the top. It's like, yeah. give me that. Like, I don't care. G- like, give it, give don't... it to me in the original intended aspect ratio. Exactly. Like... Give me the the original intended version. Yeah. And and to that to that end, I think as well the TV cut deserves to be released as well as an option. I don't I don't know why it's not. Maybe maybe like the the print is missing or something, but you know, we're we're kind of we're we're kind of getting really worked up about this, but this this is basically all to say you know, things like this are really, really historically important. Um, exactly. And they, they, they need to be presented in 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 their most true form, in my opinion. Well, this is why I started this podcast. Like, you know, we're talking about the aspect ratio. We're talking about the sound. Like, this is stuff that we think about when we put stuff on physical media. Yeah. And, like, this is why I want my movies to be in their best possible versions. Because... Why the fuck do I appreciate this movie? For these reasons. And then you're taking those reasons away. So then it's like, all right, then what's left? Like, yeah, I'm watching an inferior version of a movie I like. That's totally anti-consumer. Like, that is the dumbest shit you could possibly do. And oh, gonna, like, let, let's be real. The average person is not going to notice that, oh, hey, a lot of the these sound recordings I know were recorded in 1993, which is impossible since this movie was in 71. Nobody, nobody's going to notice no. that. Nobody's no, we sound care. like we sound like total freaking geeks. But, but like, I, like, yeah, like at, at least I would say at least for the people that care, have it there. And also whether the audience knows it or not, there is something subconscious about all this stuff. And mm-hmm. in my opinion, because like I, I have a lot of the sound effects CDs that they used to make the 5.1 mix and just listening to it, I, I can tell it's like they're, 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 I have a weird distinction I can detect where there's a difference between a mix that has been crafted versus sounds that have just been thrown down and, and exported and that's it. And the 5.1 mix duel is like that. And, mm-hmm. and I, I feel on some minor level it cheapens the experience even for the person that has absolutely no clue about sound so yeah no totally um, I, again like 
give me options like give yeah. me choices that's that's all like i don't care like you know and this goes into like the special editions of star wars like i don't care that there's special editions of star wars what i care about is that you're only giving me them as the only yes. option for viewing them like yes have them available i don't give a shit but also give me the originals that were also intended you know yeah. the original theatrical cuts like that's all i care about i just want a choice yeah like <laughs> is that so much to ask <laughs> I, I don't think – because, like, fu fundamentally, it's almost a different movie because when you – and this happens a lot. When you have a movie that is widely seen in, in 4 by 3 and then you crop it to 16 by 9 like, a lot of things that people remember, like, on the very bottom of the screen, they won't be there. And, like, a lot of, like, medium shots are now, like, really awkward, like, halfway close-ups and stuff. And, and, and you know, have, having the extra scenes, it's like – it's like, the, you know – the the feat of Spielberg's thirteen days in the desert is the TV cut. Yeah, that's the one that has all the and you know that's the one that the editors worked around the clock on. That's the one that was had its music written at like lightning pace and recorded so that it was ready. Like that that's that's the impressive one in my opinion. It's the same thing that happened with the Simpsons when they first came on to Disney Plus. Oh like, yeah yeah yeah. They were cr the episodes were crap because the original uh early 90s episodes were made for four by three tvs mm -hmm. and so then now all tvs are 16 by 9 but then like you know they cropped them so then there's and this is something that has always pissed me off because it's one of my favorite jokes but like in the episode duffless there's a scene where they go to the duff brewery and you know the guy's just like here we have our three new beers duff beer duff dry duff light or whatever like, whatever he says but like the joke is that there's a a pipe going into all three uh fucking brew tanks and the joke is that like the same beer is going into the three brew tanks like that's funny yeah, yeah. but then in the but then in the cropped version the pipe is cut out so all you see are just the three brew tanks and that's the and that's it like yeah. they're just like here's our three new beers and it's like okay where's the joke like you've you've cut out the joke because <laughs> Yeah. First, because you don't want those black bars to be on the sides i don't care i'm a big boy i can handle the black <laughs> bars on the sides give yeah. me the black bars on the sides long story short don't don't remove parts of media in an attempt to make it better people exactly so yeah <laughs> I, unless unless we're talking about removing uh, that damn school bus scene because i can i can do without that yeah i mean it's one of those things you get you, yeah. you're damned if you do damned if you don't yeah but, I'm glad we are very passionate about this because yeah. these are these are important aspects, and I really want people to understand that you know, the like this is important. Like, you can't just slap a movie on a disc and just call it a day. Like, you need to be smart. Like, companies need to be smart when they're like you know, putting these movies on Blu-ray, putting these movies out there for the public to see. Like, you know. Oh, please. Oh, Hal, asking companies to be smart. You're very funny. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> well, in any case, was there anything else you wanted to say about this movie? Um, not that I can think of. It's really good. Okay. I, I like it. <laughs> yeah, I like it too. I'm glad we had that rant um, because now you, <laughs> you, you've inspired me because I was thinking like, oh, I really like this movie. I want to own it physically. But 
the fact that both physical versions that you've told me about are complete dog shit, well, it's like, well, now I no, don't want it. No, 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 not necessarily. The The DVD is still good. So uh, on the DVD, okay. you have the option to switch between the 5.1 and the original mono mix, but it defaults to the 5.1 mix. But okay, the, so it's like so file... it's like the Lion King it's like the Lion King special edition DVD where you actually have to go into the sound settings and play the original theatrical cut because otherwise if you don't do that it's just going to automatically play the morning report version. Yeah, so I I what, what I did is like when I made you the MP4 I just told it to not include the 5.1 audio track. Uh, but honestly, I would recommend the DVD. And actually it's a really okay. good it's a really good looking DVD. I've noticed with some It is. Some, the transfer you sent me was really good. Some DVDs look like dvds and some dvds look like almost like a slightly downscaled blu-ray and th this this is one of them for some reason mm -hmm. it it looks like i've seen screenshots of the blu-ray yes the film is clearer it doesn't have like interlacing artifacts because it's not well it's not interlaced but right but like i would still recommend the dvd the dvd is really nice and also there's a limited edition uh soundtrack that came out a little Ooh. while ago because uh, they found all the original tapes. If you want to have, you know, ear-piercing violins shrieking at you on your comm drive to work. Yeah. Oh, that's another thing. Like, the soundtrack reminded me a lot of Psycho. Um, <laughs> just because because of those violins. Like, it was yeah. it was very Psycho-ish. It, it was very inspired. Very much. Yeah. All right. Well, then that's good. Then uh, I, def I definitely liked it. I don't know if I liked this movie as much as you do, but... I would definitely watch it again. I would so you know if you recommend the DVD, then at some someday maybe hopefully I'll get the right DVD because yeah, it's it's a great movie. I would highly recommend anybody check it out. Definitely, I'll send you I'll send you a link. <laughs> All right, great, awesome. We talked about Duel. We did yeah. it. We 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 drove. We drove, we drove, we drove home the fact that yes. we drove home the point that this movie is good. Now, see, drove is the past tense. What we need to do is come to the present tense, right? So we're gonna drive. Yes. We're gonna drive. Hey, hey, we 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 talked about a movie. We did. Uh, we we didn't talk about a movie. We're oh. we have yet to talk about right. a movie, but okay, we watched a movie <laughs> called the, Drive. We went to the future there for a second. Yeah. We went to the future. All right, let's bring it back to the past. Okay. Let's play these shitty games that suck ass. Uh, okay, Drive. I liked it. It was really nice. Yeah. Okay. So you, uh, so you wanted to talk about Duel, and then you also wanted to talk about a. I remember you said you wanted to talk about a psychological thriller, which I appreciate that you wanted to bring some uh, brains to this podcast. But <laughs> I, I wanted to be dumb and be like. Let's talk about drive because yeah. it's about a car. Okay, I'm. <laughs> I'm gonna be totally honest. When you were kind of suggesting that, I was like, "Oh, come on, really? All right." <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but you know, you know what? You know, keeping I, I I participate in like some like groups that do stuff on social media, and it's like it's all about the theming. And sometimes it's like, man, I don't I don't want to do themed days. I just want to do stuff just because. And you know what? I always wanted to see drive because I had only seen a clip of it uh mm -hmm. in college and i'd never actually seen it before and uh now i have now you have so yeah and i i definitely wanted to talk about drive it's one i've had in my collection for a while it's one i definitely consider up there as one of my favorite movies so this is definitely one i wanted to talk about and uh please give me your thoughts john what did you think of drive um 
I really liked it. It was one of those movies that it it made me feel so empty at the end. Like it, it, it's hard to well no no it's hard to describe. It's like I it, in the last moments of the movie, which by I know as always with this podcast spoilers, even though this stuff is you know old, but right um you know at the end when he's like driving away, it's like I I, I was sitting there like. No, no, this isn't the end. This isn't the end of the movie. Come on, no, no. And then the credits came, and, and then the first credits came, and I was like, oh, like I, I put yeah. I put my hands over my chest, just like, oh man, you know, <laughs> it's like, over. Um, it was it was sadder than I was expecting it to be because uh, the only thing I had seen of it was the the real human being musical number, um, from, mm-hmm. from early on when he like takes them, you know, driving in the in the L.A. River, um. And so, like, I, I knew, obviously, the movie was not just going to be a happy-go-lucky, like, rom-com or whatever. I, I knew that's not what it was going to be. But it, it it got darker than I was expecting, and and it was it, – it, it's – I don't know. I'm a basic bitch. I want stories to, to come to a nice conclusion, even when they're super dark and depressing. So whenever, whenever it doesn't, I'm always just kind of like – oh. But, yeah. but regardless, I really, really liked it. Um. It reminded me a lot, and I'm curious if you've ever seen this. It reminded me of Punch Drunk Love. Have you ever hmm. seen that? I have. It's been a long fucking time since I've seen Punch Drunk Love, but I I can kind of see that. The, okay, the, interesting. The, the vibe of it and the yeah. the, the editing of it reminded me a lot of it because like there, there's so so much emphasis is put on just like little awkward interactions and moments of silence and just kind of letting you take stuff in it's like that that's that is exactly what punch drunk love is like now punch drunk love is more like where it all comes nice in the end and this is like the opposite Mm -hmm. of that but it's still very much it's still really awesome um yes yeah i i one thing that i love that it did so it it feels very immersive it's like i i usually hate movies that are really really vague and like hardly tell you anything at all but this one does it just right. And one of the, my favorite things that it does is it'll like show us Ryan Gosling looking at something and we'll 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 just stay there looking at him looking at something for like longer than you than you would expect. But then mm-hmm. once it flips around and shows you what he's looking at, it like you feel like you've gotten so much more information like cuz you got into his headspace first. Yes. Um, totally. Totally. It's, it's it's really 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 awesome. Um it is brutal um yes like like i'm I'm the kind of person that's always like you know egging the characters on like come on you could do more you could just end it end it now just finish it just stomp his head and just kick him more than once (laughs) and then ryan gosling does and i'm like oh oh he did yeah maybe i maybe i shouldn't have wished for that (laughs) but yeah it's like i i i don't know I I I feel I I'm talking about it so surface level, but it's it's almost one of those movies that's a little bit hard to pin down in words. It's like mm-hmm. it, it's this is gonna sound so pretentious, but it's it's an experience. Mm, no, one hundred and ten percent, it is an experience. It is a slow experience. Ironically, because it's called Drive, you think it's gonna be like this action-packed, Fast and Furious esque kind of like driving movie. Um, but no, it is a slow, methodical, personal story about a guy who drives a car. It's like, it's, it, that's why, like, it, in a sense, it is very polarizing. Like, on Letterboxd, it's, you know, 
got a 4.0 rating, so it's well liked. But then you go into like the top reviews, and the most popular review on Letterboxd is like a one star rating. Cause, and then you go like go through the reviews, and it's like five stars, four and a half stars, four stars, two stars. It, it's like all over the place. Yeah. Um, and I 100% understand. Like I was kind of thinking you wouldn't like this because it is a bit slow but i'm glad that you did like oh, it I um it. yeah no because like i think it does have a lot to it and i feel like anybody it, it in a sense it's kind of like you know movies like 2001 or citizen kane where like people will watch it for the first time you know with this uh idea in their head that like oh it's considered one of the greatest movies of all time and then they watch it and they're like that was stupid and it's like <laughs> Yeah, for your first time and with the idea that like you're living in the you're living uh in a culture that tells you it's the greatest thing of all time and so then you have like these high high expectations and so then when you watch it you're just like this sucks. It's like yeah. but you need you need to understand like yeah, there's a reason that it's called it that it's highly rated. There's a reason why 2001 and Citizen Kane are regarded so highly. It's because they do things really well. Like whether or not you see those things upon your first watch through, you know, that's entirely up to you. But completely denying it is just, you know, really, really so reactionary in my opinion. And obviously I'm not talking about you, John, because if, again, you said you really liked it. Um, but th this is just something that bugs me a lot with, yeah. you know, with, with film culture, with review culture, analysis culture online. But like, I mean complaining about the film community online is like you know my bread and butter what can i say <laughs> yeah um i think uh, i think what might be a lot of it is people going in with preconceptions about it and then when it's yes. so slow when it's so atmospheric they're like this doesn't i don't like this i love yes. it for what it didn't do and mm. this was this was one of my absolute favorite things about the movie is when it's high intensity there's no music Oh yeah, that's a good right point. Right at so, the start, the 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 first car, you know, big car thing, the 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 robbery heist thing. Mm -hmm. There is just a little bit of music. There's just like a little beat going on in the background, and at the Sick end, of the clock. Yeah, and it, and at the end, his you know his his big final showdown thing with with his car. There's no music. There's absolutely no music, and I just mm -hmm. I just think that's so refreshing. And it does something interesting psychologically because when you have like you know big you know jung 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 like big pounding drums, it's like you're like yeah, let's go, oh yeah, like you're like you're like you're panting along with them. You're like yeah, let's go. We're we're motivated. We're motivated. But when there's no music, it's like you're holding your breath. It's like you're just like you're just like, and you're just sitting there. You're just like what's what's happening? What's gonna happen next? Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! You know, yeah. it's, it, it's like I mean, I'm I'm exaggerating it, but it's just like it and, and it gives so much more room for things to happen because there's not like this like set rhythmic pace that things have to happen at. Mm -hmm. um, I I agree completely. Like yeah, so I love this movie's score and its soundtrack. Like not just the soundtrack because I do like the songs. I'm a sucker for synthy poppy kind of like uh stuff like that like it sounds like it's from the 80s but it's not from the 80s like i'm a i'm a total sucker for that kind of music and yeah. there's a lot of songs like that in this like 
like night call under your spell a real hero that's like that's like the big song from this movie is a real hero you know the real human being song like yeah it's been it's been in memes it's been in all sorts of things like it's 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 the movie's most famous song but i do like you know the the score itself how it's like this kind of ambient synthy sound to it and like you said like i am a fan of when there is no music like I think the movie is just as impactful when there is no music, but it is also very impactful when the music is there. So like you said, with like the opening robbery scene, I love that opening robbery scene because I love the song that they play. Uh, It's it's called tick of the clock by the chromatics. And I thought it was a drive uh, exclusive. Like it was exclusively for the movie drive, but it's been in other movies like, because uh, I think like a year or so ago, I watched, uh, what was it, Taken 2, and there's a scene when Liam Neeson is like walking through like some uh, bazaar or something like that. I, I don't even remember what he was doing, but like they start playing Tick of the Clock, and I'm like, what the fuck? This is from Drive. And then I looked it up, and it's like, yeah, it's like a real song that they put in other things. Like they put it in like some shows, and they put it in Taken 2, and it's like, but it works so well in Drive. Like I thought it was the Drive song. It's <laughs> you an, know, it's so... an excellent choice. It's like it's. Oh my god, it's so good. It's perfectly restrained song choice. Cause like you know, if 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 that was made at some other time by some other person, they would have put in like 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 a um like Freebird or Highway Star or something like exactly. that. Exactly. Well, see, the funny thing is because um the opening to this is in some ways is very similar to the opening of. Uh, baby driver I, have you ever seen baby driver i have not although i did watch they, they uploaded like the first five or ten minutes for free i did watch that but it, it didn't really didn't really grab me really oh i highly recommend it's, baby driver because like i love that it in some ways it's like the polar opposite of drive but i do like it a lot like i think i i i go back and forth with which one i prefer whether i like baby driver or drive i feel like drive is a little more has a little more going for it so like i appreciate it on like a an on an artistic level whereas like baby driver i appreciate from like its filmmaking aspects and like it is just a movie that not only can i appreciate from its filmmaking aspects but i think anybody could watch it and enjoy it because it's like it's an edgar wright film like the dude makes some really good movies um that he does but like you know, that movie opens up, yeah, it does open up with uh, a very fast-paced song. It's Bell Bottoms by, I forget the name of the band, but like like, like you said, like, yeah, it's like this very fast-paced kind of song in, because it's like a very fast-paced uh, edited scene. So like that, it makes sense. Whereas like here, you know, they kind of restrain themselves. They go for a more restrained song. They go for a more restrained uh, situation. And I feel like because this movie is a lot slower it works because of that you know baby driver is definitely a lot more crazier so like that opening works very well for it whereas here yeah this opening works well for it as well which is why i think like you know drive and baby driver are kind of like you know different sides of the same coin like they're very similar movies but you know one is going for something completely different the other one is going for something even more completely different (laughs) but they do they do those things very well i think i can see that um I mean, uh, granted, I, I I judged Baby Driver quite harshly just based on like the the faintest of impressions on it, P- pretty yeah. much just because I I could I didn't think I would like 
the main character, the 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 kid mm. driver. There's so, mm-hmm. so, something about him was just like nah. To contrast that, and to talk about you know being restrained, let's talk about Ryan Gosling, man. He's so good. <laughs> he hardly does anything with his face, and he gets so much across. He, yeah, he has this level of subtlety where like. You'd almost think he's not doing anything, but he gets right. so, he gets so much across. It's like it's like it's it shouldn't work, but it does. He's yeah, he's totally incredible. He is an incredible. He's incredible at, at playing those very closed off characters. Yeah, have you ever seen Blade Runner twenty forty nine? I have. Now I've I've only seen that and the original Blade Runner once. Okay. And to clarify for anyone that might yell at me, uh, the the Blade Runner that I saw was at the time. The most recent version, uh, so this this was a, like whatever like the most recent version of it was like. So the 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 final cut. Yeah. Um, oh, don't worry. Like everybody likes that cut. Like okay, nobody okay. likes I, the I, other I, versions. I, I know. So uh, oh, you... I, I know. Believe me. I, believe, I I know people don't like the original versions at all. My roommate showed me this one because he said this is like the best one. But so, but, uh, granted, I've only seen both once. I actually mm-hmm. preferred twenty forty nine. Hmm. I I've heard that sentiment before that people prefer 2049 over the original. It has been years since I've seen either. Yeah. Um, now, granted, I do love the original a lot, so maybe I just like it more because, like, you know, it's the same reason why I love uh, the original Star Wars over Empire Strikes Back. You know, everybody prefers Empire Strikes Back, but I am an original boy. I like the original, but yeah. I, the Blade Runner movies I need to see again. I own them both on Blu-ray and DVD. I need to make an episode on them, but that's, you know, far off in the future. Yeah, I should give another chance too. But like, it, it's for me, again, with Blade Runner 2049, it's Ryan Gosling and Anna de Armas. Yes. Like, they're, they, they, they are what I remember about the movie. I don't remember anything else about the story, but they're, they're those two, their interaction, that's what that's what always stuck out to me about that. Yeah, no, I I love them too. I love Ryan Gosling in that movie. And yeah, I agree. Like, he's a very, he's very good when he's muted. Like when he does stuff like what he does in 2049 and what he does in here in Drive when he's just like, you know, he's very quiet. He's very timid. And that's great because he he gets a lot out of like just his facial expressions, even though he looks very stone faced in his (laughs) facial expressions. But like, you know, he still gets across so much. And then when he's not very timid, when he's like, you know, shaking from being so violent, like that scene in the elevator when he's like smashing the guy's head in and then like he turns around and he looks like he's going to fucking burst. It's like, holy shit. Like, that's terrifying. It's like, but it's, it's, it's like, so good. It's a, you, you can tell he scared himself. He, he, yeah. he's, he's so closed off and he let it all out. And even he, he can't even process what he just did. It's like. It's it's like you know this this guy is clearly a very strong guy. He has so much restraint because he hardly ever talks, hardly ever shows emotion, and and he is shaken, and it's just amazing. And it's like I I don't I don't want to mean this in a in a mean way. I want this to be a compliment. But like if you look at just like a still shot of Ryan Gosling or just like a single shot out of context or whatever, he looks like he should be a terrible actor. He look <laughs> it, it looks like it shouldn't work at all. Like he's just there mm-hmm. to be a pretty face. But oh my god, he's so I know good. that's that's the thing. There are some actors in Hollywood that like look like they're only there because of their chiseled good looks and their like you know star power. Because like when you think Ryan Gosling, like he sound like 
everybody knows who Ryan Gosling is. So you associate him as like an A-list star. He's like, oh, he's just famous. And like, he just plays Ryan Gosling in every movie. It's the same thing with like Brad Pitt. It's like, oh, he just plays Brad Pitt in every movie. It's like, yeah, sometimes that is the case. But like, there are those performances that they do that are really good. Like Brad Pitt does have some genuinely good performance under performances under his belt. Um, Yeah. 12 Monkeys, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, stuff like that. Like, same thing with Ryan Gosling. Like, yeah, this movie, he's really good. Like, this is an example of him really, you know, playing to his strengths. Like, he's so good at being this, like, quiet, timid uh, driver. And, like, you know, then there's, like, the elevator scene where he, like, totally lets it go. There's that scene where he's at a diner and, like, some guy approaches him being like, uh... Hey man, like we we have a job we want for you, and he's like, "How about this? Shut your mouth, or I'll kick your throat down, or I'll kick your teeth down, down your throat, and shut it for you." It's like, holy shit! Like, yeah. whoa! <laughs> yeah. It's a great, but it's a great scene. It's a great way to like show like just how powerful this character is. Yeah, it's it's great. Um, I I just, I, I loved it, and it, it's like you know he gets tangled up in this situation, and he's trying to protect people. And in the end, it doesn't it doesn't really work out for him. And it's like it's mm-hmm. it's but th- throughout the whole thing, I was rooting so hard for it to work out. Yeah, and it, and I was it, you know I, I was surprised by how much I was rooting for like Oscar Isaac's character standard. So yeah, the the, the boyfriend like you know in any other media like he would be just like this irredeemable douchebag character, but like they actually give him depth and that's a testament to how good of an actor Oscar Isaac is. I don't know if have you seen like uh have you seen any other movies with him in them? I don't think so. Have you ever seen Ex Machina? No. Ooh, that's a good one. So, that's one that really like Oscar Isaac in that movie, so good. He's he's so good in that movie. That's a very good Alex Garland movie. Highly recommend that. Yeah, I, um, like, I liked him too because like he he defied the expectation because like the first time you really see him and Ryan Gosling interact, he's mm-hmm. he, he's sizing Ryan Gosling up. He he's basically asking, "Hey man, you sleeping with my wife?" You know, he's like yeah. he's he's trying to he's trying to like intimidate him, and and like the, the next time you see him, it's like that's that's all gone. He's just totally become relaxed with this guy, and he's like, you yeah. know, it, it's like it. I just thought that was so interesting. It's like okay, they showed him in his moment of weakness defaulting to what he might do but then they they showed him come back from that and him and ryan yeah. gosling like actually genuinely team up and that yeah that, that was really really nice and i it's yeah and it's like you know i i could tell it's like okay wait a second we have ryan gosling who is likable we have standard who is now likable they're both a a, a potential romantic interest for um irene right yeah. Yeah. Um. And and it's like, oh God, how on earth are we gonna? Because uh, like, I, I'm Uh-oh. I'm rooting I'm rooting for both of them now. You know, it's like, man, I want Standard to do good, but like, Ryan Gosling is better for her. But oh crap, Standard's dead. Yeah. Um, it's just like, you know, oh. It's it's like like when that when that happened, I was like, oh. It's like this this movie just keeps slapping you in the face. It it does. It is a it it does a very good job at that. Yeah, but like that just shows you just how well written these characters are like no character is a throwaway character like every character has something to do you know shannon for example brian cranston's character you're just like wow like you think he's like this mentor character but he's kind of a fuck up himself because he's like always smoking he's like you know 
kind of kind of a kind of has like a bit of a gambling addiction he's just like he's he's like a total dumbass you know he's no he's nothing like you know drivers obi-wan kenobi which is what you think he would be you know yeah. albert albert brooks in, is in this movie the voice of marlin from nemo and he plays a fucking mob boss and oh, he's that was great him. oh wow that's albert okay. brooks yeah voice okay. of marlin he did a couple of voices on the simpsons he was hank scorpio <laughs> He's okay. yeah yeah he's been around and then Ron Perlman is like this other mob yeah. boss but he's he's a total douchebag it's like the, but, but like, even so... even him he is like one of the most evil characters and yet yeah. once he is put under insane pressure you 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 start to like empathize with the situation he's it's like wow you suck but also this is like a really tough situation yeah like, no oh my god it, it makes you question so many things. I know it's it's not a very black and white movie like it treats you the audience member with respect it's just like you are smart enough to know that you know we're not gonna we're you, you're a smart person like we're not gonna like spoon feed you this like we're gonna let you just experience these characters and just like the situations they get themselves in and I like that yeah yeah just awesome movie awesome movie i loved it totally totally um do you have anything else you wanted to say um i'm not sure um i know it it is a lot it is a lot to ask and maybe i should have been taking notes but like i mean i feel like i'm gonna be returning to this movie a lot so like you know there's loads to talk about we can't possibly talk about everything I will say um, we could go right into like talking about it. The Blu-ray I own it on because I do own this on Blu-ray okay. and stuff. Sure. I, I, I bought the Blu-ray as well. And by the way, this, do you know if this was shot on film or was it digital? Oh, I couldn't tell you. Okay. I really don't well, know. Regardless, it looks beautiful. I normally, Oh my God. Yes. I usually really don't like movies that go for that, like really kind of amber kind of golden hour look. I, I just, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't like the, the orange and teal look. But mm. this movie looks really, really good with it. It does. Yes, it's it certainly does. It it has a style to it. It looks great. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. So let's talk about the Blu-ray. Yeah. So I happen to have it on a Steelbook Blu-ray case. Oh, fancy. Uh, yeah. And it looks awesome. I love the coloring. It's like black and pink and it's just Ryan Gosling's head on the front. It's it looks fantastic um and the steelbook is in nice condition i love steelbooks um they're just they look nice and when i was watching the movie itself it looked great um Mm. now unfortunately it is distributed by sony uh and the reason i say unfortunately is because there's like a shit ton of trailers before the movie and i I personally don't like that when there's like a shit ton of trailers before a movie when I'm just like, can I just get to the movie, please? So like, I've just learned to just skip through them all. But like, (laughs) man, I don't know. Like when it's something like drive, I'm just like, this doesn't deserve like a billion trailers before it of like inferior, stupid movies. You know, like if it was something like, I don't know, like your generic sony direct to dvd action movie with like an aging action star just 
doing it for like a tax write-off it's like okay put as many trailers as you want in front of it i don't give a shit but like when it's something like drive when it's like this movie's too special to be treated like any other movie in your pantheon you know what i'm trying to say yeah it like it's it's one of those things and i think this might even speak to some of the reviews but it's like it's it's a movie that that i'm gonna sound so pretentious it's a movie that can only be looked at as art and not a product um, no, I I completely agree. Yeah, it does sound pretentious, but it, like, I mean, come on, like you know, it, it's it's not it's not like okay, this is a pretty standard thing. I know what to expect. It's like one, of, it, it's like it's like you're not you're not walking up to like the movie shelf on the in the supermarket and picking up the the name brand thing that you're used to. That's always the same flavor. It's like no, it's something different than that. You know exactly, and, and, and it, it doesn't. I, maybe that's not totally connected to the to the ads or anything, but it's like it does. It really it really cheapens it. Having ads always cheapens the experience. And actually, something I've yes. I've I've been wanting to say this to somebody. So here we go. But um, I have ad block on my computer, but I watch a lot of YouTube on my phone. And yes, I I just want to say this to whatever brands might be listening to this well renowned podcast here. Okay, <laughs> if you advertise on YouTube, I am guaranteed to hate you and never ever ever buy your product no dude same i i say the exact same things i am more likely not to buy your product if you advertise it on youtube like honestly like Like it is i am so like the amount of fucking like grubhub ads i get or the amount of fucking like college ads i get it's like i am less likely well first of all i'm less likely to go to a college because i've already graduated college but like (laughs) Like I am never gonna use fucking Grubhub now because it's like you're no. you're wasting my time. I don't care your ads, and and even then, like if you're gonna advertise, make the ads good. They're not good ads. They are no. te- terrible. No, fucking nothing is memorable anymore. Boardroom bullshit. It's so terrible. Like, oh man, uh, we could do a whole podcast just talking about ads. But um, I know we could. But, but like yeah. you know, like like I'll I'll just say this. Go go look up um. If you're able to go, go look up like a, oh, it's like a 1992, three, five, something like that. It's, it's a commercial for a Milky Way or Mars bars. They use the same commercial and just change the lyrics for one part. But like it, it's this, it, it's advertising a candy bar, whatever. Mm-hmm. But the commercial is structured of little vignettes of people like, you know, like a, a husband and wife on their wedding day, still all dressed up, you know, swinging on a on a tree swing, or like people, like 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 a, a dad, a wheelchair bound dad at the beach with his with his kid, and like it's it's just it's all these wonderful little vignette moments, and they, it's like the lyric is making life a little sweeter, Milky Way, you know, um, yeah. um, and it's like it's like that, it's such a beautiful little thing, whereas now it would just be like. Like I'll t- I'll tell you one ad that I hate. It's like a, it's a Liberty Mutual ad, and they okay. they, they literally say right to your face, "We are we we don't care about being honest, we, or not honest. We we don't care about being sincere. We're gonna actively show you how we're being insincere." It's the one where they say like studies have shown that commercials that are nostalgic are more likely to you know be memorable or whatever and then so the guy holds up like a game boy and says use liberty Mut- <laughs> use liberty mutual and it's like it's like oh my god How, you we've gotten we, it's like we we had like super bowl commercials where it had to just be so weird and out there and we we've yeah. like devolved to this point where it's literally them telling us how insincere the commercial is it's we've like we've got 
we're too postmodern now. Uh, you know? I, I know, and and that just it's like drive drive is having to exist in in a world like that where it's not just p- propped up by you know capitalism and consumerism and ads and all that. It, it's like. It, it's like it, it it's it is it's too good for something yeah. like that and, and it's yeah. like I, I don't know it's i mean this this really isn't related to drive at all but i guess it just no it, it, it taps into something that both you and i clearly care yeah. about which is caring about things which which, <laughs> which, which no is like, absolutely you know absolutely it, it's, it's it's obviously very tempting for you and i to say oh man in the 90s things were so much better but you know you know what there is a, a space for objectivity to say no. You know what? Stuff is kind of insincere now, and it's all, it's all ads and and crap. And drive, drive mm-hmm. is is as sincere as they come. It's it's interesting because like I feel like so when I was listening, I've listened to like an episode of Sardonicast. I, I can't remember when. I can't and I could not tell you the episode, but like there's like a question that they were that they were asked it's like what would you consider to be like a modern classic like a movie that's going to be considered you know a classic down the line upon the likes of like you know 2001 citizen kane the godfather pulp fiction and one of the movies they said was drive and it's like yeah totally like that's a movie from the from the yeah from the 2010s that like totally fits that criteria for like becoming a classic and it's like you know what other movie from the 2010s? I mean, there, there's others from the 2010s I would consider. You know, me personally, I like stuff like Baby Driver, Blade Runner 2049, The Lighthouse, like Spider-Verse. Like I would probably, well, I would probably consider those my favorites, but whether or not they're classics, it's kind of hard to say. Drive, completely, like, yeah, that's a movie that's a favorite of mine, but I would also consider like, you know, high up there as like, will definitely go down in history as like a classic, so... Yeah, and I will say we, I have not seen the Spider Verse, but to put a positive spin on all this, what what I, from what I have seen, and more importantly from what I've heard of what it meant to other people, there is still space for stuff that's made with passion and care because it seems like oh, Spider Verse is is one of them. I gotta I gotta show you Spider Verse. You gotta come back for like the Spider Verse episode, dude, because I, I want should. you to see that. I want to see and, it. And the second one's coming out this year, so like we we should do like a double feature of like, that, like the original, I, and like watch that. Like I don't have any care in the world for superheroes or cinematic universes or any of that stuff, but just mm-hmm. just, just like like the stuff that I've like, I, I've mainly seen it through a, a corridor digital do like these videos of like VFX artists react to great and bad CGI, animators react to great and bad animation, and they they've had it's like you know they've done some reactions and had some professional animators in to talk about like spider verse and all the interesting little things that it does. And it's like, wow, this, yeah, this is not just like a Spider-Man, but there's more of them. It's no, they actually, (laughs) they actually, you know, did some really cool things with it. They did. They did. Yeah. I'm totally bringing you back for the spider verse episode then. Um, but anyway, to wrap up this episode, I do have drive on this nice steel book and I did want to mention, I also have the soundtrack on CD. Um, It was one of the first soundtracks I ever bought. I don't think it was the first. I think the first one I ever bought was the Blade Runner 2049 soundtrack, um, which is also a Ryan Gosling movie. Um, (laughs) But this was definitely one of the first ones I ever wanted, I'd ever owned. I was listening to it yesterday while I was editing for, I was editing a James segment. And yeah, no, it's, it's a fucking fantastic score. So I'm keeping the Blu-ray. I'm keeping the CD for the soundtrack because it's really good. And I highly recommend anybody just even if you don't buy it on the CD, like, I don't know. I'm sure it's on Spotify somewhere or 
wherever you kids listen to your music these days, <laughs> you know, totally recommend. Um, but yeah, I'd say that's about it. Uh, John, do, so you have it on Blu-ray. Do you want to uh, talk about that a little bit? I do. Yeah. I just, I just got, you know, whatever the normal Blu-ray was on Amazon. It's just like, it's like, you know, Ryan Gosling standing on the right and it's like the street at nighttime. It's just a regular Blu-ray. It's not a steel book yeah. or anything. It's not, you know, 4K. I don't even know if that is a thing, but um, I like it. I will say, like, when I when I, when I I ripped it, see, I, I ripped it so I didn't have to sit through all the ads. I just popped open the file and like, hey, it's the I know. movie. But, um, yeah, you're smart. <laughs> I know. Well, I mean, also, I don't, you know, computers don't like playing Blu-rays because Sony is like, ha-ha, copy protection. But, yeah. you know, a- anyway, so I noticed it ha- like it had a lot of extra content on it. And like, to be honest, I really don't have any interest in watching any of that. But the movie itself, I love and I'm definitely going to keep the Blu-ray. Um, there's I, there's very few movies that I would buy a physical copy of and not keep. Um, mm. I mean, I, you know, if I had to wa- if I if I had to watch it for like a school assignment. OK, but um, yeah, a- a- any anything that a friend is, you know willing to recommend to me i'm probably gonna keep nice so. i'm glad i'm glad you liked it i'm i'm always happy to spread the word on the movies that mean a lot to me so i'm glad there are people out there who love drive um and i will continue to watch it and love it for years to come me too i'm gonna give it some time but eventually eventually i'll come back to it yeah nice all right uh i think that about does it uh john please uh shout out your stuff stuff Uh, yes i make stuff um uh as i said in the previous episode i am uh i am sort of from the thomas the tank engine side of the internet which you know if you if you find that weird yep but if you don't (laughs) if, if you don't you can find me on twitter uh at jh R A W K S J H rocks. Um, rocks. I I have a YouTube channel that will be linked in in the previous episode, so you can go there. You you, you lazy silly. Um. Yeah, and actually, I mean, just 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 briefly, I just I just wanted to say this. I didn't I didn't want to bring up like Thomas or Tugs earlier because it's like man, there's a time and a place, but you know what? That time is now. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. So we're talking about like you know the dual truck is like. Yeah is like an actor and Spielberg very much treated it like an actor. And it's, it was honestly the same thing when they made like, like Thomas, like they weren't just like, Oh, it's just like little model trains, whatever. It's like, no, to- to- you put Thomas on the track, you fire up his remote control eyes and he's a little actor. He goes to, he goes to work and does his acting. And it's like, it, it again, it goes into like, you know, people putting care into these things and, and like, yeah. and like seeing these inanimate objects as characters that, you know, even if it's just a framing device for them to do their work, it brings it to life so much more. And that's one of the things I love about Thomas. I don't, I, I don't watch it because it's like you know, PBS baby garbage. I watch it because you know, models are cool. Yeah, um, totally. Yeah, I totally get that. I mean, that that Thomas model is what I remember as a kid. So yeah, there, so there's I, some truth to that. So I do that kind of thing. Uh, if 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 you're curious, I I even though that's what I do, I do it very infrequently because good lord, I am tired. But uh, <laughs> me yeah, too. you you can you can <laughs> you can find me out on the internet somewhere. Yeah, I'll I'll link all of those in the description <laughs> below. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I'll 
I don't know when this episode's going to go up because uh, we're recording this a week late. Um, yeah. I'm recording. I'm recording this. Uh, I was sick as well. I'm recording this the day That's after right. I recorded the episode with Chaos. So, and I just uploaded the episode like today. So I may not release this until like Saturday. Um, so let's say something that'll age it. Um, th- the new Clone High pilot got leaked. Cringe. No way, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, oh wait, you didn't know that? It no, did. Uh, no. It, it looks oh. bad, apparently. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry I for mean, ending this on bad news. Well, I'm sorry, okay. John. Let's let's just be honest. You know, who thought it was a good idea in during a pandemic to bring back a show that caused a hunger strike in India? I. Uh, you know what? <laughs> it's a good point. <laughs> like who? Who thought that was a good idea? Uh, oh, clone high. Nothing bad ever happens to the Kennedys, except he got canceled. Okay, bye, everybody. (laughs) Okay, bye-bye.